Welcome to the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Glazer, MD, a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist here to help you make sense of the complex world of women's mental health. If your goal is to improve your emotional well-being, find fulfillment, and feel like your best self, you're in the right place. Welcome, my listener friends, and happy Halloween. This episode launches on this fun holiday. It's actually one of my favorites. My gang's theme this year was Mario World. So we had a Mario, a Luigi, Princess Peach, and I was Yoshi. So it was a lot of fun and happy Halloween to all of you listening. If it's a holiday that you enjoy celebrating. Thank you also to everyone listening for making this podcast a success. Please do continue to share it with friends and family and colleagues. And take a moment now to just leave a quick rating and review. Now, this episode is going to be essentially a rapid-fire prep session for the rest of this calendar year. I'm doing this for you because after this episode, I'm going to be taking a break from episodes until the new year. Instead, I'm going to be using this time to interview a number of amazing guests for the next season. If you have suggestions for what you'd love to hear next, definitely get in touch and let me know. So let's dive in now in chronological order. First up, let's talk about the next upcoming event, which is daylight savings. For those of you who live in a place with daylight savings, there's a couple of states in the U.S. that don't celebrate it. Actually, I'm not sure if celebration is the right term exactly, but who don't do daylight savings. But daylight savings is actually coming up this coming weekend after this podcast launches. And that means that days are generally going to be shorter and colder. And for many, that can actually mean an increase in depressive symptoms. One solution that I actually talk with many of my patients about during this time of year, and I encourage them to find their light box this time of year, wherever they may have put it away over the spring and summer. I really think that light boxes can be a great solution during this time of year, especially if you live in a place that does tend to get a lot of cold days and maybe less sunny days. For detailed information about the benefits and data behind light box therapy, I would encourage you to look back onto season one, episode 25, and I'll link to that in the show notes. That episode goes into a lot more depth about the data for light boxes, but this is definitely the time to find yours and turn it on. After daylight savings, which is the first weekend in November, the next event for us to think about is the Thanksgiving holiday. And that is often the start of the the holiday season overall during this fall winter season. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But one of the things that I like to mention around Thanksgiving is the idea of gratitude. And a number of individuals find a gratitude practice to be very helpful from a mental health perspective. If you would like to learn more about gratitude and developing a gratitude practice, I would encourage you to dive into season one, episode 50, which is all about that topic. So Thanksgiving is also the start of what can be a stressful holiday season for many for a number of different reasons. The first being potentially some challenging family dynamics. Another being potentially the stress of hosting and gift giving. And honestly, much of that burden is often placed on women and mothers in a particular household. And one of the things that I want to talk about in this context is the idea of setting boundaries. 
that means taking a moment to decide what action you want to take and what the consequences are going to be. For example, maybe there's a topic that you want off limits to family. You can't control the actions of your family members. We all know that. They could try to cross your line, the boundary that you've set. And that's not something that you actually have any control over. But what you do have control over is your response. And at that time, you then get to impose whatever consequence you've decided on in advance. And maybe that's leaving, for example. So if the family member tries to cross that boundary and tries to push it, you've already decided what the consequence is going to be. And that is one of the most challenging parts of setting boundaries, is thinking about what is going to be the consequence when someone pushes on that boundary. And that consequence, the behavior that you do when that happens, is one that only you can have control over. Because again, we can't control the thoughts or behaviors of others. Now, maybe the boundary you want to set is around hosting or gift giving. Maybe it's about declining too many invitations. So thinking about all of the different kinds of boundaries that might lead to a healthier and happier and more relaxed holiday season. And that's an important one. Saying no, for example, declining an invitation. Saying no and taking a mental health break. That's actually what I'm doing by taking a few weeks off of podcasting while I prepare for the next season. Another important tool can actually be to look for a moment, even on difficult days. And I'll share another personal anecdote here. The other day, I had a really long and stressful day and evening and was pretty exhausted driving home. It also happened to be on the day of a full moon. And I really do love the power of nature. So I was able to marvel at the natural beauty as a positive end to a difficult day. I was able to look at the moon and really kind of admire it and use that to soothe myself carefully, of course, because I was driving after all. But there's a lot of data on ecotherapy, actually, and and that could very well be a separate podcast episode. And nature can be very healing in that way. So taking a moment, even on difficult days, in order to be able to soothe oneself and refill one's cup. Those are the two things I want to really emphasize, setting boundaries, including practicing saying no, and looking for that moment, even on difficult days. And those two things could really help during this upcoming holiday season. Finally, the year wraps up to a close after the holidays, and that can really be a time of reflection and setting intentions and goals. And I don't mean resolutions. That word, it's, it has some negative connotations, I think, because resolutions are those things that are often left by the wayside within usually about six weeks into the new year. That's generally what the data shows. And oftentimes resolutions are both overly ambitious and without much specificity or concrete plans to actually ensure their success. That's why most of them fall by the wayside within about six weeks, so mid-February. I instead prefer thinking about intentions. And so I want to share with you a few tips for an intention setting exercise instead. The first step is to actually make time for this. You know, put it on your calendar. Reserve space. Reserve a couple of hours. Reserve half a day. Reserve however much time you think might be necessary to do a comprehensive and thoughtful intention setting exercise. 
Next, when you sit down, start with a mindful exercise. That could be some breath work, a guided meditation, a grounding exercise that can really help clear the mind and provide connection with the body, which will decrease the sympathetic nervous system activation. That's the the fight or flight, the active nervous system, and allow level-headedness as you do the exercise. The next step would be to write it down, putting pen to paper. Doing all of this work in your head, it makes it in the moment feel like you're being productive, but it doesn't really stick as well as if you were to actually put a piece of paper down in front of you and write using a pen. There is power in that activity and action. And in today's day and age, I think sometimes it's lost a little bit. This is one of the reasons that journaling can be really valuable exercise. So put pen to paper. And what are you writing down? Well, start by defining your values, the things that are meaningful to you. Then as you review the past year, think about what went well, what you liked about yourself and your world this past year, and what led to positive emotional experiences. Then you can reflect on what you'd like to change, things that did not align with the values that you defined up above. And then finally, you can then visualize how you'd like to feel and the thoughts and actions that will bring you there. Those are the steps to a inattention setting exercise. Making the time, doing a mindfulness prep, writing it down, defining your values, reviewing the past year and the positive experiences, reflecting on changes, and visualizing the future. And this type of intention-setting exercise, it can be something that's done towards the end of the year in anticipation of the new year, but it's also something that could actually be done on almost a daily basis. Some folks spend three minutes every morning doing an intention-setting exercise, thinking about the day ahead. So it can be as small or as big and broad as you would like it to be. And thinking about that intention exercise into 2024. With that, I wish you a positive and grounded rest of 2023. And I look forward to next year. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. As you know, my goal is to share with you the most helpful information that moves you towards emotional well-being. If you have suggestions or questions, I'd love to hear those. And I also always appreciate a rating that will help others find this valuable content. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again next week. Please note that while I am a clinical doctor, this podcast is not a substitute for nor should be taken as medical advice. No specific health advice is being given on this podcast and no physician-client relationship is created by you listening to this podcast. All information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only.